Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a coach for women who want to live their best life wherever they may be. If you want to hear real stories about people living life their way, and you want to learn about having more peace of mind and confidence, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, coming to you from Fukushima Prefecture this time. And yes, today I have something special for you. I actually have an interview. It has been a really long time since I've interviewed anyone on the show. And it was simply because just getting the show out to you was all I could manage. Yeah. And I really wanted to keep bringing episodes out and keep the show going. And um, I know a lot of you were still listening and I really appreciate that. So, but I just felt that at the time, you know, especially in the last one year, just getting the show out to you (laughs) was like a major struggle. And so now that I'm back in Japan and I thought, "Mm, why do Why don't I just turn over a new leaf, a new start, fresh start? Here we go. Let's just book in some some people and get some recordings happening. And actually, today's uh, guest, Xenia, I was trying desperately to get this recording done with her before I left Sweden because we were actually both in Europe. She and I have both been living in Gothenburg until recently, and I had the pleasure of meeting her in person. She invited me to come and have... Um, coffee with her and I was just so blown away by how gregarious and outgoing she is but also just how motivated and just yeah really doing whatever she could to get her online business started and so I wanted to have her on the show before I left Europe because I thought well you know making a recording in the same time zone really really is a lot easier than trying to coordinate between Japan and Europe but um, and we did actually have a time booked but then um, she wasn't well and then I wasn't well and then she was moving and then I was moving and we just we just had to say okay this is not going to (laughs) happen and I think it probably was a good thing that we didn't actually record then because I'm sure Xenia feels the same when you know you're just moving countries your head is just in so many different places so many things going on and it's really hard to to focus on on things. And yeah, I think we probably were able to record a better um, show for you all <laughs> now that we're on the other side of all of that. So yeah, this is a really international episode coming to you from uh, Japan and Spain instead of Sweden, um, as we had planned, but it happened. So I'm really excited about that. So I've had I had a few people on my list to interview a year ago. And I'm really looking forward to getting back in touch with those people and hopefully bringing them to you soon. And yeah, so let's have our first guest for 2021, Xenia. And she is a tea enthusiast or evangelist, if you want to say. She just loves uh, Japanese teas or in sounds like you know teas of all kinds but she really does love Japanese teas and she just has taught me so much about teas already and I'm sure you will learn a lot too if you're interested in learning more about teas you can uh, go over and find her I'll give you some links in the show notes and yeah look at all the stuff that she's done she just has a huge wealth of knowledge on 
um, Japanese teas, which is just something I know nothing about. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Xenia. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. Great Hi. to have you here today. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Nice uh, to talk to you again. And thank you for inviting me over. Yeah, so I'm a little bit excited today. It's a very international episode. We've got me back in Japan coming to you from Fukushima Prefecture. And then Xenia, where are you at the moment? Well, currently I'm in Spain, back home after 11 years um, traveling around. Uh, but we met actually in Sweden, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So our first, yeah. the first time we ever met each other, I think it was the only time we actually met face to face, wasn't it? Was yep. in Gothenburg in Sweden, yeah. And yeah, so now we're having this conversation. Neither of us live in <laughs> Sweden anymore. Um, and you're in, uh, whereabouts in Spain are you? So I'm from the north of Spain. Um, the place is called Leon. It's not a large city, but uh, it's a like, important link uh, of connection between different parts of the north region. And we are about two hours from Madrid now by speed train. I remember the times when we could only go there in four hours or five hours. That was annoying, but now mm. we are like closer, <laughs> you know, technology is good. And uh, um, we are also about two hours from the coast, um, but we are in the part of the mountains. So it's usually very, very cold here in the winter. Like we had a very bad winter this year, minus 10 degrees, minus 8 wow. degrees. Yeah. But we didn't have a snow in my area, actually. They had a snow in Madrid, which is very unusual, but no in my region, which is actually usual. So, yeah, now it's better, getting better. <laughs> Do you, can you ski nearby? It's, 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 yeah. You said mountains and cold, so... Yep, we have uh, some ski resorts around the area. Actually, they are quite popular. Yeah, cool. Do you ski? No. <laughs> <laughs> I never tried. I think I will break my legs or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit clumsy for those things. Yeah, this year has been like a crazy winter, hasn't it? I saw the news about that snow in Madrid and I was really surprised. And I said to one of my friends, another friend, uh, Spanish friend in Gothenburg, who was in Madrid for Christmas. Yeah, she went home for Christmas with her family. And I said, are you okay? Can you get back to Gothenburg? And she's like, no, we're stuck. We can't get back. We can't even get to the airport. All the roads are closed. And I thought, wow, that's, that's crazy, yeah, to have yep. know, to that, that much snow in Madrid. That's it's very unusual, it. very, very unusual. I mean, usually in my region, that's normal, especially if you go to the areas, they're like villages, uh, they're a bit remote. Uh, they sometimes get locked in the entire weekend, the entire winter, no weekend. <laughs> and um, this year, some of them, they had like record high temperatures, like minus 24 and something wow. in the lines. That's, that's very cold. But uh, yeah, it's not every year. So some years are very very cold and um, yeah, these things happen. Yeah, even here in Japan, we're having a lot of snow this year and I, um, when I came back from Sweden, I was in Totori for two weeks for the self-quarantine. And mm. we had so much snow while we were there. I've never seen that much snow there over that same like winter period. And 
my kids had a great time playing in the snow, but it was so cold you could not enjoy playing in the mm. snow. And yeah, it was like finally one after about three days of snow, we could finally go out and play in the snow and enjoy. It was you know it was nice and warm and and sunny again. So yeah, it's been a real rough winter this this winter. I feel yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. <laughs> yeah. So the reason that I uh, wanted to talk to you, Zenia, on the podcast today is is um, you just have this amazing love of Japan. Is it true to say that you love Japan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. Um, so. I have loved Japan since I was a child. Um, I come from a very small region in the north of Spain. Um, it's like a miner's town. So definitely I couldn't see anything like it around here. Uh, well, around there, because it's like 20 minutes from here. Um, so I never understood how could I just get this passion for Japan, but it has been going on for a long, really long time. Um, and then when I moved into the city, I started just like reading more about uh, culture, literature, cuisine, and I started just cooking Japanese food from scratch, like miso soup, like the old grandmas in Japan will, will do, with mm -hmm. the first and the second dashi. Oh and uh, that's that hard, that hard out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and then I I sometimes took small little master classes like how to make sushi or tempura or things like that with a Japanese chef, and he came a couple of times I think, and there was like these um, two day sessions and you could go in and take part, and I had like plenty of Japanese uh, food uh, books. So I will make a lot of recipes from there. Um, yeah, um, obviously everything is like connected. So I also learned Japanese uh, for three years. Well, four in total, because when I moved to Glasgow, I also was there one year learning. Um, but I haven't practiced for a long time. So obviously I remember the basics, but I cannot have uh, like a full high level conversation in Japanese at the moment. But yeah, um, and uh, what I like, apart from the food and certain parts of the culture, is the aesthetics. I think they are, have a high sensibility, and this is something that attracts me a lot. So, yeah, apart of that, I like tea, so I ended into Japanese teas after I tried matcha, like 12 or 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about um, your tea journey with tea, because that has sort of become a, a huge part of your life, I feel. Yeah, you've started a business, all these things have happened around tea. So tell us a little bit about what your journey with tea. Yeah, so, well, when I started drinking tea, I was about 12 years old uh, because I didn't like other drinks. Uh, obviously, the tea I drank at that time wasn't as good as the one I drink today. It has been a journey <laughs> of learning. Um, but then the first time I tried uh, matcha was in a like informal tea ceremony a girl from Kyoto uh, held for our Japanese uh, language class. And then it was uh, such a good flavor, something I have never tried before. And uh, I'm a foodie 
I really like food. I have a well-developed palate. So it was something really interesting for me. It was like an explosion of emotions, you know, in my tongue. It was, wow. I was there for half an hour, struck of how good this flavor was. And then that year, actually, I went to Japan to my Japanese friend's wedding. Obviously, well, in Japan, as you know, everything you can imagine and more you can find with tea. So I tried a lot of stuff, including like koroke with matcha. Um, what? It was... Koroke? Yeah. <laughs> matcha koroke? Uh-huh. Wow. Desu. <laughs> <laughs> so it was quite revealing. Obviously, Japanese food is actually delicious, nutritious, and uh, everywhere you go, even if it's not too expensive, it's usually of a high quality. But that's my experience yeah, of the five I times agree. I've been in Definitely. Japan. So, yeah, it was truly revealing because before I went there, I would never think you could put uh, milk in your green tea, but actually matcha latte is everywhere in Japan. Mm. So this like changed my mind about tea. And then I started exploring more the Japanese teas, especially, which were at that point very difficult to find in in my city, especially, because obviously we didn't have any tea shop that had this kind of teas. And um, wherever I went, I always tried all the teas I could. And then I was exploring more teas, more different varieties, uh, not only matcha, but also sencha and kabosecha and gyokuro, which is my favorite, apart from matcha. And um, well, when I was living in Munich later on the years, I discovered uh, there was a tea plantation that did English tours. So I visited Japan and I took a visit to the tea plantation in Wazuka. This is in, in Kyoto, uh, mm-hmm. in the mountains. It takes a bit of time to, to get there. It's very beautiful. And then I was in love with that, with the tea. And then I said, okay, well, um, tea is my passion since a long time. Japan is my passion, food photography that I study. So maybe I could combine all together. So the following year, I took part in their tea master course. They was running English um, because I couldn't find anything like this, like in Europe. And if you think about it logically, if you do a tea course in Europe, I'm not saying they are bad, okay? But um, you pay a certain amount of money, you go to a tea class or tea room, and uh, that's it. But if you go to Japan, you go to the tea field and then you can experience certain things like harvesting tea by hand or making tea with your hands for mm-hmm. seven hours, <laughs> like Yokuro, if it's done in the traditional way, it's called the momita. And these are experiences that you can only have if you go to the source. So I went there and had these two weeks intensive course it was really good um, and then I said okay then I'm I'm gonna work to push my my passion which is opening my my tea shop and that's what I did when I arrived to to Sweden <laughs> wow so when when did you start this um, idea to open your own tea shop in 2017 it was when I visited the the tea plantation for the first okay. time. So after that, you were, you started to get this idea that you would yep. open your own shop. 
And yes. when did you actually open your your shop? When... So <laughs> that's uh, very unfortunate. So I opened. I was working in all the stuff because I did everything myself, like the website and all the promotions, everything from scratch. I've never made a website in my life. So I had to learn certain things, Instagram, Facebook, and it took me about six, seven months to get something done. And then I was like ready at the end of February. So I opened at that time, beginning of March of 2020. And I had many things already booked because I was contacting people the previous year, like for example, in Gothenburg, there is a Hanami every year where they they just celebrate Japanese festival and everything got cancelled <laughs> because of the coronavirus so it was a bit crazy because I had been in business for three weeks and then yeah everything went a bit crazy there yeah was that cool. was um, a really sort of shocking time for everyone I think because back in February last year, nobody knew or had any idea what what was going to happen, right? How long this is going to go on for, the fact that we're nearly coming around to another, it's yeah, been a year since February uh, 2020. And yeah, Totally were, mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. You were just trying to start, you know, you've spent, what did you say, six or seven months building your own online tea, online tea store, isn't it? It was mostly online, but you wanted to have all of these face-to-face -face events yep. in Gothenburg to meet people and get people to taste the teas. And it was going to be a Hanami. And I was really looking forward to the Hanami as well. Yeah, me too. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to Hanami in Sweden. This is so cool. And then, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> Lots of things were cancelled stay home um, I got shipped back to Japan and got to have a, a real Hanami in Japan that was that was one good thing about being sent back at that time of the year was that we were in just in time to see the cherry blossoms here in Fukushima and where we were having to live which was my husband's company's um, this really old staff quarters or you know like a company at housing Mm -hmm. from the 1960s they had some beautiful cherry blossom trees outside so i could just walk out the door and see these beautiful trees so i did get to do hanami um but yeah that was a, an event you were looking forward to one of the many things you had planned to help launch your business mm, i had one event that was uh in hisingen which is uh, the marketplace that happens on Saturdays where there are like different food courts and then there is like a small design, there was, no, there is none, but a design market and then I was part of them, of that market. And it was really nice, uh, obviously starting up in a country where you don't speak the language and you know not much about the culture and the way business are done is tough. I'm not gonna lie. So it took me a lot of effort to book everything and to set up everything. It was a lot of work for me. I was always inaccurate because I had to do everything myself. When you start, I mean, you're trying your best to make sure that you your budget is well utilized. So mm. yeah, it was like a full blow in my in my <laughs> face yeah. Um, yeah. because everything 
got cancelled absolutely i mean i had a very small event here and there like at the beginning of april or the end but the, later on maybe i had some private events but in the end it wasn't even remotely close to where i had envisioned and planned and so i i focus in making it more successful online the thing is online takes really long time and a lot of work to make it work so it takes it's not that it's gonna you are gonna open a shop and then it's gonna be like selling non-stop especially tea which is a niche market and japanese tea specialized is even more niche uh, but it takes a while until people get to know you and they know that you're there, that your uh, CEO works. Um, so I just spend my time uh, trying to to pull this up, um, but it wasn't it wasn't easy. <laughs> I have to say no, it was no, it uh, truly hard. Yeah, I think a lot of people think if they open an online store, then people will just start lining up to buy their stuff. But that's completely not true at all. That's a lot of work that goes into marketing and becoming known as, as whatever it is your niche is yeah and we there's no such thing as sort of an o overnight online store success i don't think that's for sure and yeah a lot of people buy from places they know like and trust and it does take time yeah exactly they they have to know you and they have to see what you can offer and they will prefer to buy samples first uh, and then they might go for the full package. And obviously it's the competition, right? Because there is competition in Europe, there is competition in Japan. Some people prefer to buy directly from the stores, despite, despite the cost, because uh, when a product is imported into Europe, you have to pay high taxes. Um, so you have to take a lot of things into account and see what's not working and trying to sift it. The thing is, my my for my experience Sweden is slow in certain things like the 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 post ah. service doesn't work very well it's <laughs> a nightmare and then customs retain your parcels for 6 weeks or more so even if you plan to have a campaign for christmas you cannot have it because if you're importing things from outside it takes forever to get your parcels. So in the end, you can plan. Uh, after you are into it, you don't know these things, of course. So you get to learn when you are suffering <laughs> them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you plan something, you have to instead just like think about one or two months, you should think about three. And of course, the pandemic didn't help because everything was slower, more than usual. So in the end, it was very tough to, to pull it uh, out and then I said, okay, it's time to to move on. Um, I wasn't enjoying Sweden as much uh, for many reasons, but the main one for me was the way they handled the pandemic. I didn't like it personally. Uh, I thought my personal integrity would, uh, was at risk. So I decided to just put it on hold and then going back to, to Spain. So yeah, having yeah having your um, supplies held up, all these all these challenges that you had, but while I was watching you going through all of this, um, you know I could I was watching you on Facebook and Instagram, and I was just so impressed at how you just kept going. A lot of people would have given up 
way before, you know, you know, way, way, way earlier, but you just kept going, you kept trying things. And, you know, who's to say that that was all of the, that experience was not a waste, I feel. Um, all of the things that you learned, you taught yourself, um, you gave yourself a, a sort of a, like an, a degree in online business in 67 months. <laughs> yeah. Um, building this yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And just to have that happen, you know, this crazy thing happen. But what I, something that I was really, really, really interested in when I, I saw you posting on Facebook and thing was your recipes or your, um, you know, combinations with tea, uh, like some kind of um, tea, and mm -hmm. then you would pair it with some kind of food. And some of the pairings, I was like, wow, that's pretty wild. Or like, that's a really interesting combination there. Yeah, we're, like, obviously you said you're a foodie, right? So you, you <laughs> must have this natural, I don't know, is it an interest to, to create it's these things? My other passion, <laughs> food. Um, so the thing is, I was, uh, analyzing how expensive it is to advertise your business um, if you use uh, paid advertising, especially in Google. You don't, until you get it right, you have to try several different times. And this is an investment, well, a potential investment that not always to get return from. So I decided that I th it would be best for me to combine everything because obviously if I wanted to do private events of paying tea with food, I had to practice. And also um, if I wanted to post regularly in Instagram, um, it would be nice to have some content that was interesting. So what I did in the end, I decided to develop recipes uh, of food with tea in them in many forms. So it could be matcha, could be leaves that have been already steeped and reused, or could be tea that has been brewed, or kombucha that has been fermented at home, and things like that. So that was interesting because I did a tea and food pain every day for several months in a row, because, well, there was the pandemic, so we couldn't go anywhere, and there was time. So I was doing this in between other things like running the shop and whatnot. And I have to say it was very interesting. I learned a lot as well. Obviously, I had some knowledge regarding food and some tea. But then it was interesting to try to make things from scratch at home, like, for example, ice cream with also the condensed milk I made myself as well, which is not very difficult. And um, condensed milk? Yep. Wow. Super easy to make. Okay, it does yeah. not sound, <laughs> sound like it. <laughs> yeah, it, okay, yeah. so you made a matcha, what was it, matcha ice cream or yeah. like another yeah. kind? Mm -hmm. Yeah, matcha, matcha ice cream. But then first I made the condensed milk because there are different ways to make matcha uh, ice cream. And there is one recipe that has condensed milk in it. And what I did is make, make it a bit salty with some sakura leaves that had been pickled with uh, salt. Mm -hmm. And that was very interesting touch, for example. Yeah, there were many things I tried. I, I always wanted, but I didn't have the time. So obviously there was a, a, you know, it was not good that you couldn't do your events and whatnot. But at the same time, I had this uh, time for 
exploring different things I wanted to, to pursue. So I decided that I would like to record all these uh, recipes in a book, which I started writing, actually. Oh, wow. And I have it there. The, the whole, how it's called, index is already written down, so I know what things I want to include. And then I would mm. like to do it a bit differently, because the majority of people write a book, a book about uh, recipes, and they only put the recipes there and maybe some origins and whatnot. But I would like to actually also talk about the tea, right? I'm going to mm. use for the recipes and say what is the region it comes from and whatnot. So this is a project that I have uh, obviously on standby at the moment, but uh, I would like to continue, apart from my shop, that I would like to reopen it. Uh, but this is a slow process. I have to do things. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you've just moved here and there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I totally know where you are with that. It's, it's a, yeah. But wow, I'm excited to hear about this book. So um, I'm going to remember this, and I'm going to check in with you on it and see, you know, maybe in six months or whatever, if it's popped back up to the top of the priority list or or what but that's yeah because when I saw your photos on Instagram and I hope everyone will go over to your the Instagram account which is is it the tea chef that it's under or is it under the tea hub one so Japanese tea hub was my main one but then I decided that I will move all the tea based recipes and food uh, to the other one because I thought it was better so the other one is the tea chef yes yeah, so it's the underscore T T E A underscore chef, and yeah. yeah, pop over there and you can see like if you love tea, then you you'll be inspired yeah by these recipes and combinations that she has. Um, I don't actually like tea much myself. I'm a coffee person through and through. Um, I mean, of course, I I will I love a matcha latte, but it's not my it's not mm-hmm. my favorite, right? Um, but yeah, when I was looking at all of your food, I was like, wow, I really would love to try some of these combinations you have. So what was the one that you were like the most surprised by or like impressed by how it turned out or something you perhaps hadn't considered would be good or? It was interesting because it's not a very difficult thing to, to try. Actually, it was Gyokuro tea with mm-hmm. uh, granola oh. the, f- the combination of flavors was so <laughs> wow on point I, I wasn't expecting it to be so good I was um, yeah I enjoyed that one very much it has to be a granola that has a lot of nuts in it and no raisins um, no raisins <laughs> no Nuts I'm not raisins. a raisin lover, mm. no, zero raisins. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Is but, it just a personal preference? Or... <laughs> yeah. I would think it would change the flavor as well, so it wouldn't be as good as it was without them. So I made this combination, which is very simple, very easy to try at your uh, home. You don't have to cook anything. And it was really interesting. I was like, yeah, surprised, because I wasn't expecting it to be so good. So... As you see, things don't have to be super complicated to to be enjoyable and good. And those Mm. work very well together. I like that. Things don't have to be super complicated to be good. No. That sounds like me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's something I'm interested in. Yeah, not being super complicated, but to be good. Yeah. 
cool. All right, so yeah, everybody go over and check out the the T-Chef on Instagram and have a look at all of these things. Anyone that you were like, oh my God, this was t a terrible idea. Why did I do that? Like, or that, that uh, was far, tasted far, far worse than I ever imagined it would or something. So one that didn't have tea was actually pickled uh, cornichons jam. It was absolutely not good at all. It was very bad. <laughs> it was terrible. Definitely, I wouldn't make that again. But my, it might work with cheese, but it still, it was too acidic, so it didn't really make the cut. Yeah, that's one of the worst probably I tried. And then I made something with matcha and honey and gelatin agar-agar, um, and it didn't work out neither. I don't know why, but the matcha flavored with honey doesn't go very well together. That's my by my experience. So I wouldn't do that again, actually. Those were, yeah, two of the probably ones I wouldn't mm -hmm. want to see again. Don't do that, people. And the most difficult, I wanted to say, sorry, the most mm. difficult one for me was macarons, the French macarons. Ah, macarons, yeah. It took mm. me six tries, six attempts to make them right, matcha macarons. Mm. In the end, I, I managed, but it was super annoying because mm. I always had something wrong with them. Like the, the, the dough or the paste didn't raise properly or it will break or it will get stuck in the mat. And that's the most challenging recipe for me. Has, yeah. Mm. But I manage in the end. Are you quite good at making them usually or? Um, macarons. They're a tough like, thing to make, aren't they? Macarons. Very difficult. They, yep. Yeah. And I guess when you add matcha to the to the mix that it can get out of control perhaps or become more tricky or it depends the know, recipe you try as well mm. i think and probably i was changing different things until i got it right and in the end i managed but i spent a lot of time and a lot of ingredients like trying mm. this recipe but in the end it was good and i fill it in with a cream of actually blue cheese and the combination was excellent. Really? Yep. I will recommend mm. that. <laughs> I can't, I cannot imagine, but matcha with, matcha macaron with blue cheese cream. Yep. Wow. Alrighty. I think that has to be in a recipe book. Have you, is that going to be in the recipe book? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that one good. was very good one. So I will add it to, to the list. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited to see this recipe book when it comes out. Yeah. When I will do my best <laughs> to have it ready as soon as possible because I would like to have really good pictures of the food with different settings so they don't look all the same. Um, so that's really the most time consuming part. And also I have to repeat all the recipes one by one to make sure the ingredients and the measurements are correct. So that's uh, yeah. going to take a while. Yeah. yeah. Mm, obviously, I've never written a recipe book before, but I have used recipe books in different countries and then found that the recipes don't work, even mm -hmm. though I'm using the same recipe. But when I'm in a different country, like the flour is different or the, I don't know, the, the humidity is different or whatever it is, it's something that 
doesn't, especially if you're baking things, you know, like cakes or, or something like that, it can be quite tricky, right? So, yep. um, yeah, fun times for you ahead. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to scare you. This is really exciting. Well, I'm glad I heard about this book. So, um, for people who are like, yeah, I want to learn more about tea or I don't even know where to start. What, where, what would you say to someone who is just starting learning about tea or wanting to try some teas or something? Where would you send them to or what, what would you recommend? When I started, I started with tea bags. I mean, I think it's where everybody starts drinking tea, trying and exploring. Um, I think at the beginning you have to be very adventurous and trying everything, even if maybe later on you will not like it anymore. But at the beginning it's good you try as much as you can. For example, the tea bags I, I started with, they were very simple. And then the, I tried everything with all the flavors you could imagine, like panna cotta tea. Yeah, you can imagine that. It was my favorite for a while, but then I I grew out of those kind of teas that were flavored, especially the ones that are like um, artificially flavored. I don't okay. really enjoy them very much. And I started drinking more pure tea, or at least, well, as pure as I could, I could find at that moment. Um, so Darjeeling tea was one of my favorites for a really long time. And then I discovered the Japanese teas, this takes a process. So yeah, exploring is really important. Trying as much as you can to see what works and what doesn't for you. Uh, reading, like there are a lot of blogs out there. I also have mine that's dedicated to Japanese teas. Now I'm just like transferring it from the old website to the new website because I'm building a new one. And there are many people who are actually writing about tea, like uh, more and more people are into tea these days compared to 10 years ago or 20 years ago when there was almost nothing like it. There was not mm. internet even, or the internet was starting, right? I will also recommend to read books about tea if uh, you get interested enough that you would like to know this, the history, where the tea comes from, uh, how the tea move around the world, and how it evolve. And uh, well, if uh, then you get in love, you get in love, or you fall in love with tea. Um, my recommendation is to travel around to visit the the regions of the teas that you like the most to to see how teas are grown and the harvest and process because it's a lot of work. I mean, making tea <laughs> takes long time and effort, and many of us uh, take it for granted. And then when you go and you make it yourself, you're like, wow, um, unbelievable. Especially because maybe you start with, I don't know, a kilo of tea leaves and then you get 300 grams in the end after all the process. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these kind of things. Um, there is also YouTube channels that you can check as well in your own language probably. Um, I don't really follow any at the moment, uh, what I follow more is channels about food, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mainly because I do a lot of research tea-wise, especially in the Japanese tea field. So I learn, I, I read a lot to be able to write my blog posts. It takes me several days to, to be ready to write a blog post. So yeah, but uh, I will say first try what you have around you. And if you um, are interested in knowing more, then you can just um, buy online or order from the source. 
Um, and then maybe talk to people in the forums, like for example, in Facebook, there are a lot of groups of uh, related to tea that you can ask questions and talk to other people who actually drink tea as well. Ooh. So that's how I would say you can, you can do it. Yeah, that's, that's like a whole tea world out there that like, unless you know about it, you don't know like that it exists, right? Yep. So. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Instagram is a good source as well. I forgot oh, to mention. Okay. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Head over to Instagram. So, um, do you have a favorite tea? Like your most favorite one? That like a, maybe it's a Japanese one that people could get here or could go and visit the Chabatake or whatever it is, the the area where they. Yeah, Chabatake. That's the name <laughs> of the tea field, yeah. yeah um, so, my favorite one is difficult. I have two. One is matcha, of course. I drink it every day, three grams a day. A day. And since five years, I do that. Mm -hmm. Because it helps me to feel relaxed but focused at the same time and gives me a lot of energy. So, for me, apart from the flavor, which has to be good and not bitter, um, I take it for those reasons I mentioned. And then Gyokuro, which is a tea that is infusion at very low temperatures from 40 degrees to 55. And is uh, one of the best teas in Japan, the highest quality. Mm -hmm. Those are my two favorites. Um, and then, well, I, I like others as well, of course, but those are at the top of my list. And then that's from Japanese teas. Other teas I'm trying to explore now more mm. because in the past I, I drank a lot of Indian teas and uh, other teas, but maybe I didn't try, for example, Korean teas or teas from Vietnam or from Nepal. So a friend of mine sent me some samples and yesterday I tried one from Nepal. It was absolutely gorgeous. So there are many things that you can, you know, like try. Uh, in Japan, it's easy, I think, to, to find tea around, but many people probably take it for granted. They just seen it forever, so they are not really interested. But I will say Uji, uh, which is a town, I'm not sure if you've ever been to, is uh, the tea place in Japan that you can go and get really good matcha or order it online. Um, there are different qualities, of course, it depends on how much do you want to pay. Um, the highest qualities are usually used for tea ceremonies and you can prepare like koicha, which is thick, or uh, usucha, which is thin. Um, and these are supposed to be drunk just by themselves with a small sweet, a wagashi, or wasanbon, for example. And outside Japan, the, the matcha we get, it depends, varies greatly. Many people are selling ceremonial grade matcha, but it isn't. So there is a lot of uh, mm. things going on in that regards. Um, so I always recommend to go to a vendor that you know and you trust and uh, ensure that you get um, informed about how matcha should be before buying it because there is a lot of things sold as much as they aren't, for example. So that's a difficult one. And uh, yeah, Gyokuru is not for everyone, I will say. Mm. So I think a safe bet to start um, will be Sencha, Sencha, which is the most common uh, Japanese tea, yes. I think 
I don't remember from the top of my head, but I think it was about 70% of the total production is in China Japan. Yeah, there's just like when you start diving into teas, there's so many kinds of tea. And since I live in Japan, I can say I have not noticed them. Like when I go to the supermarket, I don't actually go to the tea section, so I have no idea what's for sale in the tea section because I just never look. Um, but I think I might go and have a look and see what they do are actually selling. And um, you probably just like want to like punch me in the face or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, I understand. Like, oh, it's woman. Yeah, yeah. To be able to do that. <laughs> think if you were back in at home in your uh, original uh, home, um, what is the, the the product that you see every day that you would say you wouldn't even think about it? And maybe some people are crazy around the world about it, but you're like, yeah, yeah it's the yeah. same every day, yeah. you know? Like, uh, so I think it's the same for Japanese people. They like to, to drink a lot of sincha, which is the new tea for the year, which is the most tender buds at the beginning. It has a lot of um, the components from the plant because it has been dormant during the whole winter. So obviously it has all the nutrients and everything. Um, and that's usually celebrated, but then some people tend to forget. Uh, I have a friend I actually met via Instagram. She's Japanese. She's uh, an old lady. And we talk about tea and I, I tell her what teas I like. And she goes and buy, buys them and says, wow, I live in Japan and I never thought about buying these teas. And thanks to you now I'm getting to know more about my own tea culture. And I found this <laughs> so interesting yeah. because for me, it would be amazing to live in Japan and try everything I could and go around, explore areas and, you know, get to know the tea farmers and uh, try everything. So, yeah. Well, let's hope that things improve and you can come back to Japan again <laughs> soon because I know you're dying to get back over here. Yes. And travel and just eat and drink <laughs> things, yeah. Everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm just amazed at everything that you've achieved, despite having, you know, had COVID come along and do its best to destroy your, your business. You've relocated to back to your home country and you're still looking forward and you have these plans for these books and to reestablish your shop and things. I'm just... I'm just so impressed with your resilience. I think that is a word that you can uh, use to describe yourself, that's for sure. Yeah, is there anything you'd like to tell the transformations with Jane listeners about, about your store, where they can contact you or? So at the moment, I still have the old one up and running, but it's obviously everything is out of stock. So it's like, um, not, not running, it's just there for, I don't want to uh, lose everything I work for. So the CEO is still ranking and everything. Um, then I'm creating a new one. They will be announced in my Facebook group. So mm -hmm. they can find me in Facebook. It's the, the Japanese You have your own group? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. no, sorry, no group page. I, I made, oh, I had a group, but I don't have time to run it. So in the end, I'm going to close it because it makes no sense. Um, but you know what, uh, when you go through a lot of hardship in your life, you learn certain things. And if you take it to your advantage, obviously at some point you might suffer and you might cry and you might just like scream and you might just blame everything. But in the end, 
after that, when you just feel back on track, it, you have learned a lot yeah. and you realize how you could improve things and how you could do it better and then you can go back to it. So I don't see the hardship as a negative event per se, but I think it's the only way you learn. If everything goes well all the time, you learn nothing. So no, you'll have a success, yeah, you'll have a success, but yeah, yeah. you might not have a lesson. Um, I think what you said is, is really, really important and that once you have given enough time to process what happened, to, to feel those feelings of anger or frustration, then you can move on and say, okay, well, what was the learning here? Oh, now I know how important SEO is. I'm going to make sure that's part of my next, next one <laughs> or whatever, you know, to put it in those kind of terms. Yep. So yeah, um, I guess, yeah, people can come and find you on Facebook at Japanese Tea Hub. Is that where you are on Facebook? Yeah, and in Instagram. Instagram at Japanese Tea Hub, Tea Hub or the Tea Chef, which is the, the underscore Tea underscore Chef, and uh, that's it. <laughs> Very good. And yep. yeah, please um, pop over, say hi, and say you were listening to the podcast and you heard Xenia talking, so she knows where you've come from. Let her, let her know about our really amazing community of listeners that we have. And yeah, I really wanted to um, to get, uh, bring you on the show just to talk to you, hear more about this passion that you have for Japan and teas. And for me, it was such a surprise to go all the way to Sweden to find someone <laughs> who would tell me about teas. Yeah, just let your your Japanese lady friend you have from Instagram. Yeah, did not expect um, to meet someone in you know practically at the North Pole. <laughs> who, you know, tell me about Japanese tea, yeah. And your show. So, it's very unusual, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Zinia, and keep in touch, and I'll definitely check in with you about that book and that's coming along. Thank you very much for having me. It has been a pleasure, and, yeah, I hope we keep in touch. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. So that was the interview with Xenia, who runs the Japanese Tea Hub, and she's also a photographer and foodie with um, a wonderful Instagram account that I should think you should definitely hop over and check out. And if you're interested in learning about teas, go and find her blog. You will find all the links for these things in the show notes. Just click through from there. And yeah, let her know that you heard her talking on the podcast and yeah, send her some love and positive thoughts. She has been through a lot in the last six months um, or year, um, with starting with Corona, um, pretty much putting a huge damper on the launch of her online store and business, moving countries, relocating again back home to where she's from. So yeah, I think she would really appreciate any any messages that you might have for her. And so what's coming up next on the podcast? Well, we I'm probably going to go back to doing the episodes twice a month because putting out a podcast is a lot of work and I really want to um, put out the best podcast I possibly can. And it does take a lot of time. So I'm probably going to go back to doing, you know, two episodes a month, but I would like to have more interviews happening. So 
it takes a little bit more extra time for those as well. And this, in the over the next six months, I've decided to just really give myself a chance to get used to being back in Japan, to refresh, to reconnect with um, people and this place that is Iwaki. So, yeah, I decided not to put pressure on myself to do anything crazy or wild or, you know, to to improve myself, all those things. Yeah, so, but I would like to just do the best job I can on this podcast. I'm also working with some wonderful clients to help them create their podcasts as well. And you'll be seeing some new shows coming out um, later on, the next month or two. And I'm really looking forward to being part of those shows as well. So if you're thinking, mm, I'd like to have my own show, but I I don't have the time to do all the things about it. And, you know, there are a lot of things that need to be done or I don't know where to start. I'm not a podcaster. I wish I was, though. Definitely please get in touch with me and let me help you get your get your own show started or maybe you de- we'll talk and you'll decide, oh, actually, that's not what I want. So maybe you'll get some clarity or be able to take some action, whatever um, works for you. Do get in touch with me. You can find me on my uh, website, which is janenakata.com. And you can also find me on Instagram. I love to hang out on there, Transformations with Jane. So next week or next episode, I would hope to bring you a lovely episode with one of my coaching clients who has also had a really interesting year. And I think that's going to be kind of a theme as we go forward over the next few episodes or a few months, I'd say, is, you know, how people have come through this pandemic, how it has affected their lives and what they're doing to just try and keep on keeping going yeah so my next guest is um her name is harumi she's been on the show before a while ago and yeah she's had some you know some pretty wild things happen to her as well this year and we'll be talking a little bit about that and yeah i hope that you know these these episodes will inspire you yeah will um or if not inspire you just to help you feel less alone or less like you're the only one in this situation because that's not fun. You know, that's sometimes there's just nothing we can do about what is happening. So it's nice to know that other people understand as well. So that's kind of what I would like to do with some of these episodes and interviews as we go forward. So thank you so much for listening. As always, please share this episode with someone who you think might like to know more about Japanese TV, uh, Japanese tea, or might like to, yeah, just be part of the Transformations with Jane community. I thank you so much for doing that, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>